Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Allen Ginsberg here, announcing that this is station WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor, your Dharmic free speech station. Well, good evening. Uh, you are listening to WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer, adjusting the microphone to my our brains, but I knew Hillary Clinton was in a little bit of trouble on election night when I kept wondering what the heck was going on in New Hampshire. No results when I finally got to the pub, and uh, yeah, it was interesting watching. It's the first time I think I've ever watched election results in a bar in Ann Arbor. <coughs> well, what can you say? Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, I, you know, I, when I played basketball uh, in high school, uh, we had a little stretch during our season where we lost like 12 games in a row. Six of them by like one point or two points. I remember our coach always said, well, you know, when you lose a game by one basket, a hundred ways you could have won it. And that's what this is really all about. You know, we know that Hillary Clinton is going to win the popular vote. And it's absolutely remarkable to contemplate the fact that this weekend there's going to be a football game down at the corner of Maynard Stadium in the big house. Michigan play in Indiana, a state, by the way, that's benefited quite a bit from Obama's presidency. They uh, swung quite a bit uh, to the Republicans for obvious reasons. But the outcome in three states is less than the number of people that are going to watch the game. Including Michigan. In Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, those three states, all in the Big Ten, the Big Ten Football Conference. And I'll talk more about the histor historical aspects of all of this in a couple of weeks. Uh, all you got to do is look at Friday's newspaper. Uh, that was the day Queen Trump uh, met up. Uh, President Obama, I'm not calling him President Trump yet, because guess what? The Electoral College hasn't voted yet. When do they vote? Well, they, they have to certify the votes. We learned all of this from the mess in Florida a couple years ago. And, of course, the Electoral College historically was put into place as a compromise for the United States Constitution to get it ratified. Um, what can you say? Oh, I got to switch mics, I guess. This one? I'm on mic four. Oh, this one. Okay. I got to switch mics, I guess. Um, some minor technical problems. I guess the sports guys were uh, rearranging the mics or something. I don't know. But anyway, I guess we'll, we'll keep talking and Jim can talk. <laughs> In case you can't hear me. Um... 
So yeah, uh, th this this photograph of Trump shaking Obama's hands. That that's the photograph that's gone around the world. That's the press poll showing uh, Trump looks a, a little uh, chastened. Chastened, saddened, maybe the uh, most worried guy in the world. He doesn't look terribly happy. Well, yeah, actually, both faces speak volumes. Uh, <laughs> the disappointment and, uh, yeah, uh, sort of a, I can't believe it's come to this sort of a moment uh, on uh, Obama's face. But uh, the moment Trump walked out on Tuesday, well, early Wednesday morning, uh there was a minute change in tone. Uh, he looked surprised to win. Yeah. And he looked like, oh, crap. Exactly. He, now, he yeah, this is a job he probably didn't really wa fully understand the uh, enormity and magnitude of the pressures that are there from second one. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even take office uh and for another couple of months um but it's a realization of uh, a thousand uh one ton weights slamming down on your brain i suspect well and let's remember by the way just historically that uh the election of abraham lincoln in 1860 uh caused the secession of south carolina before abraham lincoln ever became president uh, the Civil War started about six weeks after he became president in terms of the firing on Fort Sumter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some Pacific uh, state discussion of secession. Uh, we've already had some loose talk in California about some of Trump's radical ideas. Uh, I don't think he's going to make America great again. I think he's going to make America dis unified. The United States of America, I think, has almost become obsolete. And, of course, the reasons that Hillary Clinton lost are, are so numerous, uh, and some of this stuff is impossible to measure. Uh, I can just list a, about 10 of them. Uh, racism, the phrase white lash that uh, Van Jones used, I think, is definitely it. The female tone problem that women candidates have, no matter what office they run for. Uh, the indifference of African-Americans and even hostility towards the Clintons due to historical lies about uh, the so-called crime bill that was signed in 1994, in my opinion, light turnout. Uh, Mitt Romney got more votes than Donald Trump. <laughs> it's just that Hillary Clinton got six million less votes than Barack Obama. And oh, by the way, they are uh, continuing to count votes. We have the Comey letters, two of them, not one. Um, they hardly cleared Hillary on the night before, but the Friday release of the Comey, the first Comey letter, that's in the midst of, of the election with early voting occurring in numerous states. Voter suppression. Um, in Michigan, by the way, college students have had difficulty voting for more than a decade. You have to vote where your where your driver's license says. If you live in Alice Lloyd or East Quad and you uh, live in Charlevoix, grew up there, 
it's not terribly likely that you're going to change your driver's license to Alice Lloyd floor, you know, room 401. I don't even know if you can do that, by the way. So, uh, what, you have to drive to Charlevoix to uh, vote? Apparently you do, or you have to go to the trouble of getting an absentee ballot. I spoke to a young lady in the grad library the other day who had to drive an hour and a half home to vote. Um, voter ID laws. This isn't like happening in a couple of states. This is happening in every red state in the United States. Well, the Republicans specifically attacked the Voting Rights Act with just this strategy in mind. Yeah. I mean, it's quite clear. They were quite brazen about it, many of them. They were brazen about it. Of course, there were third-party factors in numerous states. Including here in Michigan. Including here in Michigan. Speaking of which, I love the Coen brothers, the, mo the movie makers. Ethan Coen has a letter or a brief column in yesterday's Sunday New York Times entitled 2016 Thank You Notes. I'll read a couple of these. Such a surprise, so many people to thank. Jill Stein voters, you helped elect a man who pledges that he will, in his first 100 days, cancel contributions to the United Nations program to fight climate change. If your vote for Ms. Stein did not end up advancing your green agenda, it did allow you to feel morally superior to all of the compromising schmoes who voted for Hillary Clinton. Gary Johnson voters, thank you for similar reasons. You too may now reward yourself with feelings of warm self-approval and your libertarian agenda will now be advanced or not by someone who admires the governance of Vladimir Putin. James Comey, your publicity coup may have affected the outcome of the election or it may not have, but it will certainly breed speculation that it did. Anthony Weiner, you found a surprising way to contribute. Thank you, sir. Your act never gets old. I'll skip Jimmy Fallon. He's listed fifth because I don't care about him. All of our media friends, thank you for preserving repertorial balance. You balanced Donald Trump's proposal that the military execute the innocent families of terrorists against Hillary's emails. You balanced your pot-stirring racist lies about President Obama's birth against Hillary's emails. You balanced a religious test on our borders, torture by our military, jokes about assassination, unfounded claims of rigged election, elections, boasts about groping and paradoxical threats to sue anyone who confirmed the boasts against Hillary's emails. You balanced endorsement of nuclear proliferation against Hillary's emails. You balanced tirelessly in forgettably your balanced you balanced and then you balanced some more and for that we thank you and thank you all for following less uh, Move's principal lead when he said Donald Trump may not be good for America but he's damn good for CBS the Electoral College thank you for being you that sums it up and of course Ethan Cohen is part of the Cohen Brothers movie, famously made things like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men, The Big Lebowski, Blood Simple, uh, their first uh, big movie that I 
think is way underrated. Barton, Fink, all kinds of great stuff. Well, and since you've gone to that letter uh, from Ethan Kahn, and since I spoke last week about celebrity endorsements uh, in the sort of malaise that follows the election for those who were not Trump supporters, and among whom I suspect uh, many of WCBN's listeners are not Trump supporters, um, talking to friends, people in town... There was a lot of fear, sadness, depression, uh, confusion. Um, but one young man, a student at the University of Michigan, uh, said something sort of uh, off the cuff uh, to me in conversation that I think is worth repeating. He said, well, I guess punk rock will be coming back. And I said, you know, that's the right attitude young man. Uh, I lived in D.C. in the Reagan era, and the youth culture scene was strong and flourishing, and I hope and fully expect to see uh, a rekindled uh, degree of activism from the arts community. Yeah. Um, We don't really know what shape a Trump administration will take. The first couple of indicators are... uh, conflicted yes as everything the man has said has been wait and see yeah uh <laughs> you know we've got reince Priebus as uh chief of staff and steve don't call me a neo-nazi bannon as a uh, chief counsel so well, well he's the master of of uh you know he's joseph goebbels and yeah uh, to print to, the lie, repeat the lie. Over and over, that's bright. The lie becomes the truth. And this is part of the social media commentary that I had for several months, that Trump was winning this on social media. I'd like to point out that Trump got close to $4 billion of free media. That's because he kept the story going. The only time the story helped or focused on, on Hillary uh, were the, quote, emails and the WikiLeaks. The WikiLeaks, by the way, have been going on since July. Uh, well, I need to thank Julian Assange, uh, since Ethan Cohen didn't do so, but he had limited space in the precious pages of the New York Times. Um, I didn't thank the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, one of the best analysts or analysis that I heard before the election about what was going to happen was actually by George Packer, a relatively well-known liberal writer at The New Yorker, who spoke about this new white rage uh, that that he identified as starting with Sarah Palin and Newt Gingrich, this sort of uh, burn-down-the-farm, create the myth that... The liberal elites in Washington are somehow working against white America. Well, you could even go further back to Timothy McVeigh. Oh, yes. We could even mention him uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, this this racial hatred uh, as a, a voting technique and demagoguery is nothing new in American politics. Uh, Donald Trump uh, has resemblances to Joseph McCarthy, George Wallace, Richard Nixon. Roy Cohn was an early uh, mentor to him. Yeah, his lawyer. Uh, so there's, you know, these are tactics that work, unfortunately, uh, and can move public opinion very rapidly, particularly public opinion that is 
uh, vulnerable to propaganda, misinformation, disinformation, and repeated lies that happen over and over. And I hate to say this, but a Goldwater girl like Hillary Clinton, who wears pantsuits and grew up in a, you know, a, a middle-class family in Chicago, is just not used to this kind of behavior. She went to Wellesley. She is an elitist. So what? I, I don't buy this elitist garbage. This is a manufactured... I like Trump's not an elitist. ...theory. Um, I do uh, say that the lumpen proletariat is hard to figure out, and it's very difficult to poll misogyny and racist hatred. Uh, Trump uh, cannot simply whitewash. Oh, what an unfortunate word that I just used. He cannot whitewash the 15 months that he uh, has been on stage, on the center of the stage. The last two weeks, by the way, of the center of the stage, unfortunately moved to arguments about Obamacare, Remember, there were plenty of leaked uh, reports about rising premiums involving Obamacare, as if somehow the health care system before Obama arrived in 2009 was working for the United States people. In fact, the major part of our lack of competitiveness globally, and one of the reasons we have been losing jobs, Mr. Trump, and have we been losing jobs? I don't know. We've been losing certain types of jobs. And just what exactly is a job? Donald Trump is going to need some educating over the next couple of months. But if he thinks he's going to sash, sashay down the, uh, the White House lawn without protests continuing, he is mistaken. I am all in favor of the protests continuing. By the way, I stand with the people of Standing Rock in North Dakota. Indeed. Yeah, I've got a friend who's been out there. Bury my heart at Wounded Knee. Stephen Vincent Benet. The last famous battle between the whites and the Native Americans. I pointed out last week that Texas was part of Mexico. Well, so was Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and California. You want to deport 11 million people, Donald Trump, give Texas back to Mexico. That'll solve a lot of our problems. They're last in education, first in Medicaid. They are a drain on the federal budget. Oh, but we, you don't have any answers about the federal budget, but we know what you're going to do. You're going to give a tax cut for rich people you're going to deregulate, quote-unquote, the economy. You are going to, quote, walk away from treaties and abandon NAFTA. Well, I've got some information for you, Mr. Trump. Trade has been declining over the last couple of years globally. That's because China has been moving towards a more domestic approach to their economy. Go ahead and start a trade war with China, by the way. You'll discover that American manufacturing cannot function without key minerals and precious metals that China actually has. While the United States has been roaming around Afghanistan, Iraq, and a lot of other places, the Chinese government has been cementing deals in the continent of Africa, as well as mining their own precious metals. If you need to look up what these key metals are and precious minerals are, 
Look it up in a world almanac and you'll discover that America is 100 dependent on these materials. This is part of the trade deficit, by the way. This is what we import. Well, we also import oil. And Mexico and Canada account for most of our imported oil now. It's also a big part of the trade deficit with Mexico and Canada. And guess what? The NAFTA statistics really aren't that bad. 40% of it is oil that we're buying because we consume more than we produce. Donald Trump, you need to learn a lot of things. Well, and how quickly he learns them is going to uh, be highly scrutinized. In fact, I mean, when you win the presidency through the electoral vote rather than the popular vote, you already know that, well, let's face it, not that many, you know, not as many people as should have voted voted, but uh, you won less than half of the cast votes. Uh, so those people are already on guard. I'm watching you, man. What what kind of stuff are you going to be throwing in our faces? That's more than half the people who voted. Among the people who voted for Trump, their expectations are really high and also misinformed. Again, yeah. as I said last week, they vote on emotional issues. They vote on fear. Uh, they're going to be disappointed when the more pragmatic realities of how politics actually works. Oh, he's not a career politician. Well, he's going to have to surround himself with career politicians because it's a complex series of machinations that even the most powerful office in the world is uh, reliant upon. Yeah, and of so, course, the, the, the headline, one of the headlines from Saturday's newspaper, uh, underneath Pence takes over a transition team of Trump insiders. Christie is cast aside... Uh, as the effort begins to fill cabinet and West Wing posts. And just below that, it's, quote, lobbyists are getting key jobs after being berated on the campaign trail. Yeah, uh, well, it's it's uh, kind of funny to see Christie thrown under the bus so quickly. Is the uh, bus okay? <laughs> thrown under the bridge, maybe, for Christie. But it won't be long before these people who are angry, the white lash vote, uh redirect their anger at Trump. He sold us out. He sold us out. He's not going to be able to uh, deliver the crazy promises. I mean, people were actually started to chant, build the wall, when he came out to accept, you know, having won on uh, Wednesday morning. And uh, that somebody must have been on the floor because that got kiboshed really quick. Like, no, 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 no. Not, not tonight. Yeah, not Heil Hitler tonight. Keep, exactly. Keep that so, in the <laughs> So uh, we'll see uh, how his supporters uh, continue to dream the dream that this elitist millionaire will help working people. Now, I would be thrilled and uh, pleased beyond belief if it actually turned out to be true. But I have my very serious doubts. One thing I do not have a doubt about is that we're certain to see an uptick in hate crimes uh, against women, blacks, Muslims, gay and lesbians. I just, you can just, and the whole country is sort of like tensed and sensing it because the atmosphere at the Trump rallies throughout the campaign was 
rambunctious, and uh, let's face it, prone to violence. Even the Republican who held up the sign, Republicans Against Trump, was thrashed to the ground, and the Secret Service rushed out and took Trump off stage because, though, somebody said there's a gun in the crowd. It was just a fellow Republican voicing a dissent. So there's a sort of a, a signifier movement that's popped up based on the Brexit responders uh, who did not vote for Brexit, Brexit, who wanted to let uh, fellow English uh, citizens uh, who were not white know that we're not all racists of people wearing safety pins. That's sort of been picked up here. Um, people are going to have to be more watchful. Uh, we know that, uh, well, I would strongly suggest you uh, pick up a copy of Sinclair Lewis's It Can't Happen Here and uh, read about what he calls Minutemen, which are, uh, in essence, brown shirts, uh, which is what I suspect some of the... And, and, you know, a point was made earlier today. Uh, Kyle Hunter, DJ here on CBN, uh, was interviewing some uh, musical artists, a group named Black Opera. Uh, and they, you know, African-Americans, they know that white hatred and white nationalism and these sorts of organizations have always been around. It's easy for white people to forget that. We see them pop up now in the wake of Trump's uh, surprising win. But uh, black folks have known all along that these people are here all along. Yes, and Richard Spencer can go on uh, public radio and brag about the fact that his website's traffic is up 30%. Uh, he, by the way, wants to form a white state. Somewhere within the United States. Isn't that already like New Vermont or something? It, well, Vermont's <laughs> one of the whitest. So is so is Maine. But um, they didn't vote for Trump. Uh, real quickly, one last thing on the subject of violence and the potential for uh, Trump supporters to engage in uh, racial violence. I just want to remind or urge people who are going to protest against Trump to be nonviolent. And don't block traffic. That is an absolute disaster for a lot of reasons. It's, you begin to alienate people. You get people hostile at yeah, it. Yeah, you're not helping. There protest. are creative, yeah. productive, uh, passive ways yeah. to make your protest known. Uh, and I don't mean passive by like just texting something out. I think it's important to go out and occupy public space. Uh, but you have to do it responsibly, thoughtfully, and, of course, passionately, but you've got to be better than the haters. And that means no violence. No violence and no blocking of traffic, and beware of agent provocateurs. Oh, absolutely. At these rallies, uh, this was a famous technique of Richard Nixon mm -hmm. uh, and the FBI back in... Uh, in the 60s at, at anti-war protests. And by the way, the protests, it's part of the mythology that they somehow, um, you know, may put an end to the Vietnam War. Wrong. What put an end to the Vietnam War was the Senate in 1973, after Richard Nixon was elected in a landslide. Cut off funding for the war, finally. It's about political power. Donald Trump, Here's another warning. Rutherford B. Hayes and Benjamin Harrison were two of the uh, president-elects who did not win the popular vote but won the Electoral College. They were one-term presidents. Our other one-term president, or our other example of this phenomenon, George W. Bush.
probably the worst president in American history. Uh, and let's hope he remains such. And let's remember that the three businessmen who came in uh, sort of uh, burnishing their credentials using business as, as a justification for why they should be elected were Herbert Hoover, Jimmy Carter, and George W. Bush. People forget that Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer. Uh, he had to put his peanut farm business, by the way, into a, quote, blind trust, unquote, upon yeah. assuming the office. And now, that's a whole other can of worms for Trump. What is Trump's blind trust going to look like? He's got lawsuits, as I remember. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait a minute. The Republicans said that Bill Clinton as president had to testify about the Lewinsky scandal, which was just fascinating sexual bedroom pillow talk. I don't know if Rock Hudson and Doris Day <laughs> relived any of that chit-chat. <laughs> but Ken Starr certainly was fascinated with it. It was quite a scandal. Quite titillating. I was impressed. Uh, As government-sponsored softcore porn goes, it was top-notch. Top-notch. And it was classified. Everything is going to be classified in the new Trump White House. Uh, it'll be challenging and interesting to see uh, how quickly um, opponents of Donald Trump begin uh, demanding to see emails as part of FOIA. Oh, yes, Judicial Watch, where are you when we need you? Uh, don't expect them to challenge Donald Trump on any of this nonsense. It won't happen. But, uh, you know, as for what will happen, we know that Donald Trump's economic agenda is pretty simple. It's, it's, a, it's a reliving of Reaganomics. Exactly. Let's face it, this isn't going to turn out well uh, based on the past we, history. We know how this model plays out. This will finally confirm that Reaganomics is, is voodoo economics. And for all of you uh, under 30, guess what? You now get a chance to savor the glory that was the Reagan years. Well, and pa Paul Ryan, by the way, uh, hints at changing Medicare, uh, privatizing Social Security. What's the Donald Trump health care plan? Uh, health savings accounts. That's really going to work for... Quite a number of people. Um, you know, we can obviously talk about many other issues. You know, at the the bottom line is that is that uh, Hillary's ground game was not as effective as it needed to be, and there simply were not enough uh, uh, suburban white women in Pennsylvania around the Philly area. It turned out to that, counteract some of the working class counties. It turned out that. Class and race trumped gender on the women's vote. Yeah, and one other little minor point. Erie County, I heard this from James Fallows, a brilliant journalist who writes for the Atlantic Monthly after the election. He's been flying around America in a small plane with his wife observing all these places. And he notes that there isn't a lot of open racial hatred in a lot of these places. But Erie County in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania on the uh, border with Ohio is one of the counties that actually welcomes quite a lot of Muslims into their community. I think the mayor of Erie, Pennsylvania, which is basically the county seat of Erie County, uh, has welcome, welcomed Muslim refugees into their community. Well, guess what? That was one of the counties that flipped 
from Obama to Trump from 2012 to 2016. Now, are do I really believe that there's white uh, hatred against the Muslims? Gee, why wouldn't there be? Donald Trump openly <laughs> was using this as a cudgel throughout.